Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the doctor as she travels the vortex and put on your junkyard cheek. We've arrived at episode number 413, the episode that will only be one rail long. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. You guys know how I long a rail is? I probably should figure out what how long a rail is. <laughs> We're going to set the standard for what a rail is now, right now. It's has, however long this episode is. I think we just missed it. Oh, darn. Well, that's going to do it for this week. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. Hey, I closed this show. <laughs> you were too slow. What did you guys do this week besides watch some Doctor Who back on our TVs? No, oh, just spent time with family mostly. Did you guys have a nice Christmas? Christmas was good. Christmas New Year's was, was good. exhausting, but you know. New Year's was exhausting? What'd you I, do? I stayed up longer than I wanted to. <laughs> I did not want to see Midnight, and I did see Midnight. <laughs> Somebody, a little girl, keep you up? Yes. Oh. Well, she yeah. wanted to ring in the New Year. Yeah, she didn't get to, so. <laughs> Ditto. Yeah. Mm. yeah. We watched Mary Poppins planning for an eventual trip out to the theater to go see the new one. But Yeah, there's so much stuff I'm so far behind on all the stuff I want to see. <laughs> so should we move on to news? Let's. One bit of news this week, and I think it's a fairly big bit of news. Some new high-quality audio recordings of missing episodes have been discovered. Ooh. Which ones? So these are coming from Kaleidoscope, a nonprofit organization that specializes in localizing missing missing television programs. So, of the localizing tapes, or locating, locating. Okay. Specializes in locating. Okay. I thought you said localizing. I, they localize and locating. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of high high quality audios here, from the Randolph tapes is what the collection's called. It includes the Dalek mas- Dalek's Master Plan, episodes one through five. That's one track on one tape. And then six through ten, so all of the Dalek's Master Plan. Oh, sorry, and 11 and 12. The Massacre, all four parts of the Massacre. All four parts of the Ark. All four parts of the Celestial Toymaker. All four parts of the Gunfighters. All four parts of the savages, the, all of the war machines, all of the smugglers, the tenth planets, power of the Daleks, the Highlanders, and underwater menace, and the first episode of the moon base. Wow. Wow. That's a haul. Yeah. So, that's pretty cool. So they found these from some guy named Randolph. Is Apparently, it, recorded them. So original the these are original off-air recordings, uh, being three five three-fourths inch reels of one-fourth inch recorded four-track mono. Uh, the boxes all have the name Randolph written on the front, so that's where the Randolph tapes come from. They say where they found them. Uh, I'm trying to Randolph's house. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it doesn't really specify where they found them, but Mark Ayers has confirmed through this kaleidoscope group on Facebook that these do exist and they have been found. They were under a car park with uh, Richard III. (laughs) Interestingly enough, buried at the same level. They're still trying to figure that one out. (laughs) 
So there's a lot more details about kind of what they have found and how they found it, but not really where that I can see. That's cool because there's a good chunk of them in there that they haven't reconstructed. Obviously, there's some in there that we do still have the video recordings of too. Right. But, uh, but if the audio is better, maybe they can, you know, special edition it. Well, it'll be great when they go them. to Blu-ray. Yeah, they know, can have better audio. Clean it up a little bit. And they have better audio. Just Although of- Mark Ayers has done a terrific job with fixing the the audio and clarif- you know clearing up the audio that has been done for. Uh, the BBC project, specifically the audios that they've released on uh, uh, CD. Uh, so he's done a, a magnificent job. I've never thought get, the audio was bad, really, on, but to, on any but of those. But to give right him even cleaner copies, just imagine what he could do with those, cleaning those, cleaning those up. Getting those just think how good the animation's going to be when they come out. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You're so hopeful. I am. Well, that's good Hope news. Hope springs eternal. Yeah. If we can't find the videos, let's... I have to be, this is one of those things that I continually find to be really interesting because I remember when I was a kid, I would tape music off the radio. I would sit and I had this little Fisher Price tape recorder and I would hold it up to the radio and record songs. Like I used to pester the DJs. I would call in and request songs and then wait for hours. Most of you with iPods and MP3s are going, what? Yeah, this is how you used to have to do it. And you just wait for hours and hours and hours, and then there came out a commercial break, and you'd miss the first few beats of the song, but you knew what it was, and you'd hit record, and you'd hold it up there and record it, and that's how I would make my mixtapes in the early days. I can't imagine somebody doing that on a television show. I recorded TV. I used my little handheld tape recorder, and I would tape half-hour TV shows that I liked, specifically like cartoons that I liked or sitcoms that I liked, and then I would put them into the tape. Well, actually, it was even before I had a Walkman. I would take my little, uh, you used to have a little mono cable that you just tuck in your ear, and uh, I would take that on car trips with me and listen to shows and stuff like that on the road. I used to have a little mini one, so a little bit further in time, uh, that I would hold up and record snippets of the stand-up that used to be included on Seinfeld. Oh. Back in the early days of Seinfeld, yeah. I would record his stand-up bits. Then you'd have a whole continuous, uh, <laughs> all, all just a whole bunch of Jerry Seinfeld stand-up. <laughs> I just can't imagine some guy sitting there with you know a gigantic whatever inch tape reel-to-reel thing with sitting in front of the TV, thinking to himself, "This is going to be great." Well, then, the audio is that clear. He must have <laughs> tapped into some, yeah, some their uh, original off-air. Re- yeah, he so. he probably tapped into some audio. If in fact that's the case, you do call it, the, these could have been taped in studio. Yeah, and true. just they tapped into the board, and whoever had these, maybe they maybe that's where they came from. Is they tapped into the board recorder off that way for some reason or other? Obviously, there's no uh, explanation to that. Yeah, but, not that I can see. Uh, so it may not even have been off of a you know, a small black and white television, it might have actually been tapped into the studio and somebody just had these for, I don't know, posterity or backup, you know, in case, you know, the audio track that they had, that they, they were sitting to film. Maybe that, if that failed, they had a backup. Who knows? Yeah. So maybe we'll find out more when they come, closer to when they come out. And it implies that there are more reels out there that have not been retrieved. That couldn't contain even more audio. Hmm? Yeah. So that's exciting stuff. Yeah. I hope they put it to good use. Definitely. That's it for news, though. Oh, very good. Then should we move on to feedback? That's feedback song coming next week. 
Well, that's not what the deal Wait a was. Minute, that's not the deal. No, that was before I got called into work and holiday and other things. <laughs> I thought coming. you had it pre-written. I lied. Oh. <laughs> you bought that? <laughs> you had s- how many weeks to prepare? Incredible. The worst performance of my career. I and they bought it. said it before. Oh, you have? You do have it? No, I don't have it. Oh. I've uh, said it was, before. I was lying about having it. <laughs> I've said it before, and I will say it again. I want you as a pallbearer at my funeral so that you can let me down one last time. Oh. <laughs> Listeners are probably getting tired of hearing that. I think it's the third time I've said it. But still funny. Uh, if you're not going to sing, I guess our feedback comes from Holly. I, I accept. And we apologize, Holly. Yeah, I will, ha- I will have, have it for, for you, For not Holly. having promised feedback songs. I, I, th- th- this was a... a, a, a there were there were extenuating circumstances, but I, I will have it. I promise. I'll even make it even bigger and more grand than I was planning on making it. <laughs> Don't believe him. There, there, there will be, you know. We won't know because we didn't know where the bar was set in the first place. There will but. be spirit fingers and jazz hands and fireworks and sparklers and, and costumes next week. So. Oh, bring in the video then. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> you promised it. Holly yeah, Wright. He promised that he'd have a song this week, too. And that didn't come True. through. So. Hey guys, wishing all of you a very happy new year. What an episode. I know they said at the beginning of the year that no old enemies would return. And we get to see the Daleks with some modifications. Unit being disbanded was a bit of a surprise. Hopefully that won't last too long. And also explains why it was so easy for Lynn to get into the Black Archive. Stay out on, Still out on Aaron. Loved how the whole crew were protective of Ryan when Aaron showed up. Glad that Nick Briggs is still voicing the Daleks. Wasn't sure how it was going to go early on with all the other changes. I really wish that BBC America will stop with the little teasers of what's to come. Really can take you out of the story. Not too much else to say. I'll wrap it up here. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Thank Holly. Thank you, Holly. That's it for feedback. Since we don't have a song. No song. Well, let's move on to our reviews. Do you have a synopsis, Keith? I do. As the new year begins, a terrifying evil is stirring from across the centuries of Earth's history. As the Doctor, Ryan, Graham, and Yaz return home, will they be able to overcome the threat to planet Earth? Bum, bum, bum! Resolution of the Dalek. (laughs) I loved this story. I figured you would. But, yeah, I, I am the Dalek geek here, so... Uh, so you guys talk about it because I will just just gush sweet goodness and kindness all over this episode. I really so convince me of the things that maybe I shouldn't have liked about it. I really enjoyed the episode. I don't know if I can find many faults with it. Uh, it maybe would have been better if it was a Cyberman. Okay. <laughs> That's your fault. Just even well, I mean, think about it. The premise alone: now, they tore apart a bean and split the pieces, and when they came back together, it totally could have been a Cyberman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, man, it maybe would have made more sense other than ultraviolet light bringing the organic matter back together. Yeah. Rogue canine. <laughs> that would have been pretty awesome. That would have been pretty awesome. He could have had a little goatee. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to write that. Darn it. <laughs> Get on that, Sean. No, um, with, with the exception of a couple of little foibles most of which kind of happened at the end um i I thought this was was really um 
really top notch. Uh, it's probably, um, I'll go ahead and say it. That's probably the best episode of the season if we were to include it as part of the season proper. It sounds like uh, Chibnall considered it really more the finale of the season than the last, than the actual finale. So it felt like a finale. It to felt me like more a finale. Than, it, other it, than wrapping up, you know, the Stenza story. It had much more of a, a Russell T. Davies feel in the the big gigantic kind of world ending consequences of but yet it still had that really small personal scope to it mm-hmm. and focus on the characters and relationships which I think I that's very the much thing, appreciated that's the thing that surprised me the most was bringing Aaron uh, Ryan's dad into it and actually having that heart that the series this season has continued to have and that character development that that connection and it just I, I was really shocked to see. I don't know why I was shocked to see that. I mean, Chip does it, it and, and he does it well. But it just, yeah, it, to have that and still have really what felt like a grand epic adventure on a small scale just really, really worked. Yeah, I tell you, I think one of the things that impressed me the most is um, we, we we start with well, we start with this epic tale of this, you know, these warriors and whatever this entity is. Um, and then we get a huge chunk of these two archaeologists. And it's a very quiet, intimate story with the two of them. And then the doctor's there for a little bit, and they're running around doing their New Year's Eve stuff, and then they get wrapped up with the archaeologists. And then Aaron shows up, and we've got Ryan's dad. And, you know, so there's, there's still all this personal interplay going on. And it, it's very much character-driven for probably the first, I don't know, what, half hour, maybe, of the, of, of the piece. And yet, I realized at about the 35, 40-minute mark that I was literally sitting on the edge of my seat. The tension just kept ratcheting. Watching up, the proceedings that I, I just, I kept, I, I was uncomfortable through the whole thing. And I couldn't figure out quite, and it was because I was... I was up on, on, you know, on the edge of the chair. I kept getting closer to the screen. And um, it's because they, they had roped me in to, to that extent with what was going on. I, I cared about all these characters. I cared about what happened to them. And the Dalek was a, a legit threat. Yeah. Um, but even, they really make that, they spend all that time, rightfully so, with the archaeologists, building that relationship between the two of them. So you care about Lynn, when she gets body jacked to be driven around for the Dalek. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure she was going to bite it too. So I thought for sure. So that many was, times. That was one of the first things Sarah said was, they're making me like these these two and root for them. One of them's going to die. Yeah. And none of them, neither of them did. I, 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 the, the, so many times that were, it was like, oh, she's not going to make it through this. And, you know, she's, she's driving through the countryside and, then, oh, she's stopped by cops and this is going to end badly. And then, you know, sucks the one through the window and then the other cop gets out. And then we get that, that shot of the bodies lying in the street. And it's like, oh, well, that's it. There she is. And then we cut to the inside of the car and she's wearing the police vest. And suddenly you realize, well, that's not the police woman. That's, <laughs> that's Lynn. Right. Like, oh, okay. She made it through that. And then we're going to be at the at the farm, and we're still working, and we're going to build a new Dalek. And here's this guy, this lumberjack that comes striding out of the barn. I'm yeah, like sure Thor. he wasn't a lumberjack. You know, <laughs> this this guy's going to build the Dalek for us. You don't need Lynn anymore. It's like, oh well, here she goes. Right? Nope. <laughs> 
she made it through that. I was like, okay. Yeah. And the doctor's yelling at her, fight, fight, fight. And it's like, oh, this isn't going to end well. And she made it through that. I was just like, oh. <laughs> so yeah. just through the whole thing that they, they kept that up. Well, between and that and plus the tension with uh, Ryan's dad showing up, we don't fully understand his motives right away or why he's there. And, of course, I don't know about you guys, I was immediately suspicious of, okay, what's, what's he here for? What's What's going on? Why is there something more nefarious going on? Why is he trying to sell microwave oven combinations on New Year's Day to local diners? Yeah, I mean, and it, I was pleasantly pleased that there wasn't something nefarious there. Yeah. He just wanted to try to do a New Year's Day making himself a better person mm-hmm. thing because it is something that often well, happens. He, he's trying to make money because he's no longer working on the right. Was it the Oil docks rigs. or yeah, the rigs? And yeah. the other thing that I thought was really nice is that they they kind of telegraph the fact that maybe he's conning this, trying to con this guy. And he even makes mention to, oh, yeah, that totally sounds like a con. He says that. He's like, you know, I know that totally sounds like a con. Yeah. I saw, he acknowledges it. And then suddenly you're like, oh, he's really genuine about this yeah. thing. So that was nicely done. I, I think part of it is the fact that whenever they've discussed Ryan's dad throughout the season, they've obviously painted him as a, a bad guy. He's not someone you should like. And he shows up and he's trying to make amends. And while he's not going about it, maybe the best way he's at least putting a foot forward, trying to make his life better. And you don't want to like him, but you kind of start to, even though he's treated Ryan so badly in the past. And what works to sell that is not only the history that, you know, we get about him in the, in the season prior, the reaction of Graham opening the door. <laughs> nope. No one there. And then... He didn't say no one there. He just says, nope. Close yeah. the door, comes in, sits down. <laughs> and then when... when, when <laughs> Doorbell, is that an early warning system? <laughs> <laughs> when Ryan brings him in, and the doctor just calls him out on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which was... She just gets straight to the point. You disappointed him. You know. Oh, just... Wow. I'm going to need ice to put on this burn because I can feel it from over here. Yeah. It, it was it was just great. It wasn't quite Capaldi-level burn. I, I almost kind of wish it had been. <laughs> <laughs> just a little part of me that wished it had been Capaldi. But if it Well, Capaldi had, would have been a little more snide with it. Yeah. She was just forthcoming. She yeah. just, she was just, it wasn't even like, she wasn't even scolding him for it. It was just more, she was putting it out there. Yeah. And I, I liked that. I thought the delivery was perfect. Well, and then, <laughs> like I said, if, if it had been Capaldi, then it would have immediately been followed up with, hey, can I go out? You're going to leave in the middle of this crisis to go hang with your dad who's right. disappointed. You know, right. there would have been more to it. And it's yeah. like, yeah. I, I like the fact that she acknowledges that this is a moment. This is something that she needs to allow to happen. So. I thought that was really cool. And then her coming back to him later of, you're almost making up for your parenting deficit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Still calling him out on it, but almost starting to accept him. And I like the fact that while they kind of invited him along, he didn't want to go at the end, too. Mm -hmm. Kind of felt like they mended some bridges, and while I'm sure he will continue as a character, and they will continue building those bridges back, it wasn't... It felt even more like a end of an era or a, a closed door on a storyline. Uh, just as we thought, um, uh, what's her name? The girl, this uh, Lynn, Lynn, just as we thought we kept thinking Lynn was going to die. 
even there towards the end, I thought, okay, Aaron's going to bite it this one. You know, I just they they oh, kept yeah. setting stuff for these. Brought him back, and mm-hmm. and while there were deaths in this because Lynn's controlled Lynn was leaving quite the body count behind, and then of course when the Dalek is finally formed and it takes out half of that military unit or two thirds of that military unit, um, I killed them all, and then uh, <laughs> takes out the tank, but. Uh, I kept thinking people that I was becoming, beginning to like. And I thought, you, you're just going to do that. You're going to yank that out. You're going to kill them all. But they didn't. And I, I appreciated yeah. that because of it being the type of special that it was. You know, New Year's Day yeah. special. This is, yeah. you know, it's not that everyone lives, but it's certainly the people you care about. <laughs> <laughs> the main supporting cast, yes. at least. Yeah. It's not a Not that I didn't care about those like cops character. or the quote-unquote lumberjack or the uh <laughs> i said he was a lumberjack like guy now you said this lumberjack comes out <laughs> let's play back the tape he was bulky <laughs> he was in flannel you're being a careerist <laughs> he wasn't flannel i actually want to know more about his story because the first thing out of his mouth is all this stuff is paid for so you just get it's like okay now wait a minute nobody opens a conversation with that so this man is up to no good what is the deal felt like will smith in men in black you see that physics book ned (laughs) she is way too advanced for her the one strike that this story had against it, I, I loved it. I loved the story because it had a Dalek. It, it, I like the, I like the fact that I like when writers are able to make the Dalek scary and not goofy and not and do something different with yeah, them. Yeah, and not bumbling and come up with clever ideas and make them feel as menacing as dialogue tends to. Dialogue always tends to make them to be so much more powerful and menacing than they end up being presented in a story. There's a few times that they, they, you know, I think Dalek, actually, I think Daleks always seem to be more threatening when they're on their own. Uh, An individual Dalek. This one felt very much like Jubilee would be one. Um, This one. The other thing that I found interesting that was almost a bit of a strike against it for me was just a few months ago, I read one of the quick read books with uh, uh, the 10th Doctor and Rose called I Am a Dalek. And there's a lot of similarities to this. So I wondered if maybe Chibnall either inadvertently uh, borrowed from that story. Gareth Roberts wrote it, and it, it, it's actually a Dalek that was buried in, I think, Roman times, is unearthed underground in an archaeological dig. Hmm. Um, there's a woman that ends up getting hit by a car, and somehow its essence is relayed to it at the same at the, the woman at the same time and she's resurrected and she basically is uh carrying on uh this dalek while it's reforming itself and so there were a lot of wow. similar especially early on in the story and i thought wow i that's kind of been done now it does it takes a little different turn from this but it it, it, it it's another story where a single dalek is very mm-hmm. very menacing and so that was the only ding I had against it. It wasn't, I don't felt like he stole it. It wasn't so much similar. There was just enough similarities to it that I thought, I've kind of already seen this story or, or read this story. But uh, I really absolutely love the design of the Dalek. And I love the fact that it's a cobbled together casing yeah. from steel at the steel mill. Um, I want that Dalek on my 
well, I want all Daleks on my dresser, but I want that Dalek on my dresser. I think that's such a cool design. If they don't make a model or a toy out of that, I will be sorely disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be fairly foolish not yes, to. Yes, I think so. Considering we got the uh, um, World War II, would you like some tea, Dalek? I, I, can, <laughs> I can say with some certainty that I, I think we'll get this one. And every yeah. version of the Rainbow Dalek. Well, yeah, that was yeah. unfortunately <laughs> Skittle Daleks. I, I like the fact that it also wasn't a redesign. It was a cobbled together. It wasn't a reworking. It just happened to be this one needed a casing, so this is what it put together. I, and I really liked it. It, it made the, the bottom, missiles come out of the front really under, cool. the, under the bobbles. I thought it was awesome. I thought the bottom half seemed a little too wide for the top. Well, it was because, but if you look at the top, it was it was narrower. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't the even top like was the. Narrower. It's like the 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 skirt was the right size, although it was it was a bit front wider than it was. Yeah, uh, a bit width. longer. But yeah, um, but the, the, the top the, was the top smaller. was smaller, but it was also kind of like damaged and looked cobbled together. And I kind of almost liked that yeah. about it because it didn't give it that sleek look that they kind of have as they go up. Yeah. It had that definite, definitive break with that ridge there. So I actually kind of like that. Well, I, I I didn't notice it except for a couple of shots that the bottom looked way bigger than the top. It's all an angle that it was shot in, really, more than anything. If anything, it, it made it strangely more dangerous looking. I agree. And mm-hmm. I, I think the reason is when we see Daleks now, we tend to subconsciously default know that there's a guy in there. There's an operator in the in in the casing. There's there's no way you could get a person in the way that column was constructed. Well, I think you could. The they head. just weren't sitting down. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe if you were, you know, all down in the skirt with... It was taller, too, up. because Jody was looking... Well, the 13th Doctor was looking, like, level-eyed with it, whereas right. most of them have to kind of look down a bit. In I, I think stuff. Jody's a little shorter. Well, than she too. is, but... <laughs> even Sylvester's a little taller than the Daleks in Revelation, so... <laughs> But, um, and I, I like the fact that it wasn't an actual plunger. I liked how yeah, they the changed clock. the manipulator. Yeah. But it still looked well, like a plunger. Well, they don't all have plungers well, anyway. I know, but, but, yeah. I, I, but it still looked like a plunger, but it was just metal. Yeah, yeah. Well, it looked, it looked like, like those uh, those metal satellite dishes that kind of open up. And, and Yeah, uh, yeah. But it had claw-type look to it. When it, uh, when it took off and, and rocketed through the roof the first time, I, I will be honest, my first thought was, oh, really, this one can fly? I mean, yeah, we're out on a farm. It needs to get somewhere more populated to be dangerous. Oh, it's a farmer? Come on, Sean. I acknowledged that we were on a farm <laughs> with trees. It He's was a lumberjack. not a farm. It was a farm. It was not a farm. They landed in a field of wheat. It was a farm. You're talking had... about where it flew out of the first time? No, it was a steel meal. It might have been near a farm. It may have been near a field, but it was a steel meal. Okay, wherever. They're in the middle of nowhere, and it comes out of this building, and it's rocketing its way up. And I thought, okay, it can fly already. I don't know if it could it really have built all that with what it found. And then I, I, you know, I rationalized it. I was like, you know what? Tony Stark built one of these in a cave. And I was like, I'm all right with this. I'm going <laughs> to roll with it. <laughs> what are you going to do, right? Uh, I, th- I wish Yaz had a little more to do, but she was allowed to use her policewoman kind of uh, 
instincts and uh, knowledge. I think, especially in the beginning, when she's, you know, cordoning off the area, telling them that, yeah. you know, making contacts We've got your with information. Them. Yeah, that, yeah. That At kind least of she was stuff. functional. She was functional. Unfortunately, yeah. I feel like that's when it's she stopped being really any integral part of the that was story. about it yeah she was just kind I, of along she for the really ride. just felt pushed to the background for uh, everything else. graham's even sidelined just a bit he has a lot a, a little more to do especially with the fact that they leave him <laughs> they end up leaving him behind with aaron and he's like well, i guess we have to have a conversation now <laughs> and they sit down but he has that you know moment where he shows the uh things that uh grace had kept behind that were his yeah uh when he was a little boy and i thought that my was man neat. graham once again Proving he is he's in the running for best companion ever. Yeah. Because he just and it's it's a small scene, but it's this little bit of wisdom. It's not even his, it's Grace's wisdom. But the way he imparts it and the way that he's I mean, he, he expressed his displeasure with Aaron at the beginning. But then he has a genuine conversation with him for Ryan's sake. You need to be careful with him. You don't know what he's been through. Yeah, I do. No, you really don't. Be careful with him. And he's not mean about it. He's not angry about it. He's not. He's just letting the guy know. Kick gloves. You got to be careful with him. And then when they have this, you know, conversation at the dinner table, and he's like, "Why didn't you come? Why? Why weren't you there? Not for, you know, not for his sake, not for her sake, for yours. Why weren't you yeah, there? Yeah. And um, that that to me was probably the 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 core emotional touchstone moment of, of that is I to, think so to too. watch Aaron break down. Yeah, it gave Aaron some, some soul searching there too. Yeah. A moment mm-hmm. of, he, I'm not even sure he knew until he said why. And I thought that was neat to be able it, to bring it, that It made him there. go from very unlikable unknown cardboard cutout person right. to okay, I kind of like you. I can, yeah. I, I can understand where you're coming from. You're, you're a real person. So, yeah. But yeah, so much, so much right that uh, that they did with this. Um, mm-hmm. It really kind of out. Really, for me, it overshadows the little nitpicky things that I kind of felt didn't didn't really work. But what did you guys think of the unit? Stuff? Oh man, that was that was just bizarre. Because actually, I kind of like it because it's a nice way to kind of acknowledge unit, but sideline it a bit. And I think that's a good idea. It was actually rather comical too, especially having a little bit of a Brexit spin to it. The fact I that, wondered if that's yeah, where they were going yeah, with it was, without being able to they say They didn't it. say yeah, it, but there was a Brexit spin to, to it. They were implying that because of things that were happening, they didn't have the funding anymore. So everything was kind of put on hold. And because they had separated from, or because they had divvied up the uh, groups that were, because all of the those uh, European nations were over unit. Right. And because that was in... Uh, limbo basically london doesn't get unit <laughs> so i thought that was kind of interesting as well i can't wait to see how big finish folds that into their unit storylines <laughs> yeah, <lines>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh kate, there's a crisis in london but we can't go kate stewart gets a jam- name drop so i thought yeah. that was cool yeah anything else about this story uh, well the, the kid's losing wi-fi and the mom's saying i guess <laughs> we'll have to have a conversation oh, no. <laughs> that was a neat little uh, moment of levity where they kind of brought it up because they're like, well, you know, the the 
the power's out. Well, no, no, not the power. The the internet's out. Well, so is the phones. And what are we gonna do? Even the, Netflix. The, the one kid. Even Netflix. I, my thought was, of course, even Netflix. You don't. <laughs> eh, some kids don't really put it together. I know. You know. Netflix shows up in their house every day, and then suddenly it's gone. They don't think about it being why connect, it being work. connected. Well, yeah. you know, lumberjacks don't grow food on the farms. You just go to the grocery <laughs> store and buy it. It's just there. Right. Hmm. Pick your Netflix off a tree. That's right. <laughs> no, um. My problems, and again, I, they're, they're nitpicky, so in a way I kind of feel bad saying them. But since, since you brought it up, anything else about the episode? <laughs> Nobody I, brought it up. You know, Keith did. <laughs> um, the, more, the more I look at the TARDIS interior, the more I, the more I start to sour on it. I, I, I think it's... See, it's starting to grow on me more. I think it's visually unfilmable. Because of how they've put it together, it's just, it, it's it's difficult. It, it reminds me a lot of the Enterprise Bridge in Star Trek The Motion Picture, which they built as one piece. And then they went and put their giant Panavision cameras in it and realized they couldn't shoot anything because the wall was this close to the, 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 the edge of the camera, which is why everything in Star Trek is a close-up. If you, if you watch the motion picture, they're all, you know, medium to close-up shots. And in subsequent movies, they figured out that if we build the bridge set in sections, <laughs> we can move it further back and just shoot from this angle and then right. put these pieces together and shoot from this angle. The The way the TARDIS is put together, there's one shot, and it's the same shot no matter what's happening. It's the from the entrance way, here's the console room, and then everything else is a close-up of whoever is doing something while they're moving around the console. That's it. That's the only look of the interior you get. Now, we did get a slightly wider shot of the of the room because we saw the, the columns doing that weird finger thing, which I, I'm not sure... You'll have to explain for listeners what the finger thing is. Well, the, I know what you're talking yeah, about because you're, you're showing the, 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 the columns that come up around the, the edges move. They're hinged at the top, and they move up and down in conjunction with the time rotor. And uh, it's just, it's too busy with it's everything else that's going on. It I think certainly it's just makes a little, the little too much. it certainly makes the TARDIS feel more organic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does give it that. But I agree with you. I think I just those crystal columns. They get the center column could be that crystallized material. I'm fine with that. It's just those crystal columns on each you know, the four corners of it. It just that, that yeah. I'm, I can't. I can't even dispute anything you're saying there because I, I still am not in favor of the interior. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just it's a it's a gorgeous set. It's just something about it that doesn't work I for me. I don't even think it's a gorgeous set because we haven't seen enough of it to that's the problem. Qualify yeah. it as a gorgeous set. I, I the the console itself looks great. All the little gadgets and gasmos, gasmos and gadgets on it uh, actually look cool and especially when you get up close to them now the, well, fact, I like that the, ra- the fact that there's an iPhone jack on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I like the raised dais uh, uh, I like the, the Gallifreyan uh, you know that they kind of flipped from the, the Capaldier instead of having Gallifreyan around the, the time rotor at the top it's down on the base which I think is cool I like the lighting I like the hexagonal I like the crystalline panels but there's just I like the walls. Yeah, I think I just remove those columns, those four quarter columns, four corner columns. I think. Yeah, there's just there's just better. one. It's just one element too many. There's just too much of it, and I think it it, make, it makes it look cluttered and it's makes busy. it hard to see. Um, the other part that was in the TARDIS that bothered me is is the end, is the resolution. The Doctor feels very cavalier 
about how she's going to handle this um, thing. And we're just going to go. And, and I kind of saw it coming. She just had that look about her. And I, 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 I was thinking, oh, they're going to they're gonna enemy of the world this. She's totally oh. going to salamander him right out the door. And then she did. But she did it in a slightly more clever way where it's like, oh, we opened up a thing and it's only a squid sized hole and it's just going to suck you out oh I can't control it anymore now it's going to suck Aaron out too it's like that's you know I, I don't think she genuinely thought I think she, she thought it had more you said was she was weaker. callous about it I think she thought that she had it under control uh, right but I don't, it's, it's, I don't think I think she underestimated how strong that's, the Dalek that's was. what it is I think yeah. she underestimated the strength and connection of the Dalek because she has that line tear. you can't hold on yeah, and then Graham's like, "It's holding on." Yeah, which is which is weird, considering that she makes the comment earlier about, "I've learned to think like a Dalek." I've had to, you know, she's very assertive. Honestly, you know, in a weird way, it seems like almost for the first time this season about how convinced she is that yes, this is what we're going to do, and this is what we have to we have to go stop this thing, and this is how we're going to go about it. Um, and she's very take charge early on because it's a Dalek. It's kind of the threat level finally popped up to a, oh, okay, let's go. But then with this nature, it feels like that's, if you're, if you're underestimating it, that feels like a pretty big oversight at this point after you give me this big spiel at the beginning about how you, you know how to, to handle it and take care of it. I don't know. It just, I, and I was concerned for Aaron at that point. I was concerned that he was going to get blown yeah, out. Yeah, that was at that point. And that I how was that going to affect Ryan's right. relationship yeah. with the doctor? What was that right. going to do to the group dynamic, which I didn't want to see damaged? But more importantly, how can they trust her if that happened? Well, even after she says, trust me, she tells Ryan, trust me. Yeah. So. I, it just, like I said, it just struck a little bit of a sour note with me that that's, that was the plan. And yes, it gave Ryan something heroic to do at the end, and yeah. he, he got to save his dad. That's ultimately and what it was yes, for. there was a brief moment where I thought maybe he was going out the door with him. Yeah, that they were. You know, <laughs> well, I didn't think he'd go because I saw the cast list for next season. Well, but but <laughs> <laughs> you who spoils everything, you know, I I, I thought for a moment either either um, Aaron was going to regain enough self control to just let go and sacrifice himself to save everybody else, yeah. or that potentially maybe you know. Ryan gets sucked out with him, but then they saved him, and you know it, it had a happy ending after all. But it was just just for a moment there was like, mm, I don't know about that one. I do like that there's a door closing mechanism switch on the uh, opening and closing. Yeah, on yeah. the uh, uh, that, that goes old school. There. Yeah, we go back back there. The other thing that I had kind of wondered, she told the Dalek, promised the Dalek that she was going to take him back to Scaro. Oh, I wonder fleet, if she. It? I thought she said, Scarrow, you want to go back to Scarrow? I'll take you back to Scarrow. I think she took him to the moment where the Omega's hand, the hand of Omega, <laughs> went and destroyed too. that star above Scarrow. And that's where she took him. So she did take him back to Scarrow. Oh, I didn't think and of that. And she was depositing him in that collapsing star that the hand of Omega, that as the seventh doctor, had sent off to Scarrow to destroy the. I, I, w- I, I hadn't thought that. I had that thought, and I, I kind of, I, I was waiting for just a moment of gloating. I wanted the speech. There it is, that Scarrow. 
the hand of Omega is destroying it at the moment, but there you go, you're home. And I kind of wanted that, and this doctor doesn't gloat. Like, she Aww. didn't say it, so I still <laughs> accept it as headcanon. So yeah. <laughs> I just assume she lied. <laughs> this doctor doesn't seem to lie, though. This, the, 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 the 13th doctor does not no, she seem... she tells the truth to a fault. <laughs> yeah, to a fault, even, and which I think is neat because yeah. it does change the dynamic of the doctor a bit because we have had doctors that have told at least little white lies in order to make things Rule one, out. the doctor lies is kind of out the window at the right. right. <laughs> well, that's almost what she was doing with Ryan's dad was just being bluntly honest yes. about the truth as opposed to, you know, yes. tiptoeing to try to make sure Ryan didn't feel like he was, his emotions were being, you know, exposed or anything like that. He, she was just, this is what happened. The truth. None of these people are going to tell you, so I'm going to say it. Right, yeah. <laughs> Alien in the room. Um, anything else that you guys want to point out? I just, I, 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 I had chills watching it. it. I think it was fun. It was adventurous. It had a lot of heart. And it had a Dalek, so that was the icing on the cake for me. It was the best episode we're going to get this year. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Holly pointed out the fact that they said no new... Uh, there are no old villains this season, and she's absolutely right. But technically, this is not this. The Christmas specials have never been officially part of any seasons. They well, are released with box sets in seasons, but they're never officially part yeah. of the season. So Chimnall did not necessarily lie. Right. He may have mis- misdirected a little bit with that statement, but he did not necessarily lie. And I believe the original statement went back to something at a Comic-Con where he said, we still have like a week left of filming on the season and no returning villains have shown up. Right. So it's kind of been variations off of that since That's then. True. We've certainly kind of stretched that a bit. And if you want to get really... He might have done follow-up interviews that <laughs> cleared it out even more. Really technically nitpicky we didn't get a returning villain. I defy you to show me anywhere in previous stories of Doctor Who that this Dalek has appeared. <laughs> this reconnaissance, he's been buried on the earth for we've too never, long. We've never seen a reconnaissance Dalek uh, before. Leave it to Sean to lawyer it up. We've never <laughs> seen this armor. We've never seen... Nope. You would make a terrible lawyer, by the way. <laughs> Why? Because that would not hold up in any court of law at all. <laughs> All right, Sean, what do we got coming Lumberjack. up? Lumberjack. What do we got coming up on the schedule? <laughs> Exhibit A. <laughs> uh, coming up on the schedule next week, we are going to, uh, speaking of the Hand of Omega and the Seventh Doctor Era, we're going to dip into the Seventh Doctor Era. We're going to uh, take a look at the Titan Comics uh, miniseries Operation Volcano, which I think may have something to do with the volcano. I bet uh, it doesn't. That's just a, just a, just a guess. A uh, little bit, yeah. I've gotta, already read it. Why you gotta spoil it for a little me, bit. Glenn? I'm just—I give you a little bit. Why you a little bit of a volcano involved? Not much of a volcano involved. You're See, so BBC of, America right now. A little right bit now. in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit in the middle. That's the other thing about this this story I wanted to mention was I wish that the BBC hadn't revealed that the Daleks were coming back. Yeah, rumored, but the whole first part of the episode would have been so much more tantalizing, not knowing what it was going to be, not knowing what this thing was that they uncovered. But the entire time, I knew it was a Dalek that had been split up. And then I saw the squid stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's a Well, admittedly, even if I had known as soon as I saw the squid, I was like, I know what that is. This is going to be a Dalek. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But had I not been told that there were going to be Daleks, I would have not 
automatically. I would have been more. I would have bought into this the time you were looking more. for it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. it's kind of like the beginning of World Enough in Time. I knew those were going to be the Mondazi and Cybermen, so the mystery wasn't there anymore. Yeah, I agree. Bad marketing. Stop spoiling things for us, guys. Right. He even Unless went so it... far as to drop the last three words of the title, <laughs> so it wouldn't spoil it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Is there, so, da- is there any doubt in anybody's mind that this was not titled Resolution of the Dalek? Of the Daleks? I mean, it's it's there. At least he was able to tie in Resolution to other parts of the storyline, too. Oh, yeah. It's, multi- no, it's, it's, it's multi-layered. It's multi-layered. Yeah. It's brilliant on, on, on that front. I, I'm just gonna say, this is probably the best thing Chibnall's written. But it it's... it's the, the only thing that would have surprised me... I don't know. He me, wrote Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. Yeah, I think this one might have well, This was better than that. <laughs> that source was great, but this was much better. The, the only thing that might, you know, have surprised me more is if Resolution had come up and it was, you know, extreme left justified, like there should have been words there that weren't. <laughs> it was after the fact, so it wasn't even in, in would have, it wouldn't even spoiled anything if you didn't know the title going into the episode. They should, they should have done that. They should have just come up with Resolution. And then at the end of the episode, of the Daleks came up, and we'd be like, "Oh, like John Carter of Mars, I get it." No open title sequence, anyways. No, so yeah. see, they could have just done the whole title and just told everyone initially that the title was Resolution, right? Yeah, and not told us Daleks were in it, and we would our minds would have been blown. Yeah, Sean, what but do we no, have on this schedule? America had to go and spoil it. <laughs> so Operation Volcano, which may or may not have a volcano in it, according to Glenn. Uh, and then, um, a little bit, no, what's, what, what is the big finish number one, Keith? Do you remember? One, one nineteen. I may be wrong. I think you're right. Seems right. Um, and I don't remember the title of it at all. The Death, the collectors. Death collectors. Death Collectors and, and the Spiders. Shadow? Shadow, yes. 109. 109. Death Collectors and Spider Shadow. Yeah. Uh, so that's on the, on the schedule for next week. What about the week after that? In case anybody wants to read ahead. There's a book. There is a book. It's a, a, um, a Lethbridge Tour book. But it's not Actually, a Lethbridge Tour book. It's a, Wilson it's a Lucy Wilson, Wilson adventure book. And mysteries. It is, Mystery. uh, mysteries, yes. And it is Curse, Curse of, of the Mere Clowns. Dun, dun, dun. Because it's got clowns in it. And it's going to be scary. So, so many clowns. There so are a lot of clowns in it. There are a lot of clowns. Keith and I already have with the book. Have fun with it, John. Yeah, I'm <laughs> kind of. I'm, it, it's sitting there, looking at me. <laughs> just kind of, haven't haven't had the gumption to start it yet. Well, very good. It's well, got clowns in it. Keith, remind people where they can contact us. Well, if you're on the website checking out the schedule, you can just click on the send feedback tab, and then fill out the information there, and it will send it directly to feedback at travelingthevortex.com. Or you can reach out to us on fo- social media like Facebook and click the send us an email there. Or just message us through Facebook or Twitter or however. Or you send can up s- smoke, smoke signals. We'll see them. And... Or you can send a, lumber ba- a lumberjack to uh, deliver a Dalek to Glenn's house. <laughs> he would like that. I would like that. Especially if it's this one. And then uh, make sure you listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Listen on uh, Google Play Music. Uh, we're also on Stitcher. Tune in F- Player FM. And uh, while you're there, leave a review for our podcast. We'd love to hear from you there as well. And, and don't, don't for- forget to take part in the Goodreads Book Club. Yes, they the just poll announced is the just, February poll. Yeah, is up and running, so you can uh, 
Choose what you want to read. And so people are aware, there was a tie. I don't know if we remember if we mentioned this. We may have. There was a tie for the January and December, and so January's, which just started, is uh, Twelve Angels Weeping. So that's another anthology uh, collection. Yes. So if you're wanting to do January's book, pick that title up, and uh, it's twelve stories uh, involving the villains, uh, Doctor Who villains. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just got my copy, and so on going to be trying to read that before the end of the month maybe i'll have a mini, mini review in there sometimes so. oh nice nice um go ahead one other thing is uh, if you have not already uh, be sure and uh, go and visit our friends over at sci-fi for me and uh, give their page a like because uh, we are partnering up with them for tardis sauce which is an exciting new venture uh, coming soon Make sure subscribe you, to their YouTube yeah, channel. Yeah, make sure you check out their YouTube channel and subscribe to it and check out some of the content that's already on there. They've already got some really great stuff on there and uh, you'll be seeing us soon on there as well. Yeah. So. Very good. Anything else we need to touch on before we close this one? If not, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.